Hello, welcome to the self-learning platform by Dr. Shishma Singh. Today in Unit 7, The Idea of Duty, we are going to start our lecture with topic Duties and Rights in the Conservative Perspective. Conservatives stress on duties and the grounds they adduce for the same very markedly. Their mainstream arguments, however, are clear. Social institutions and modes are formed through the efforts of several preceding generations. The thoughts and efforts of generations have gone into the making of these institutions and modes. Such endeavors have often resulted in separating the calf from the grain, retaining only those elements which can be retained. Weight of generations lie behind efforts which have furthered certain institutions and led to the decay of others. It is important that every generation be inserted into the culture, modes, and institutions of society rather than every individual think that he has the right to choose culture, modes, and institutions of his choice. Traditions and legacies assigned to people define tasks and responsibilities to the be fulfilled. By performing such tasks and responsibilities, one furthers the purposes of institutions, enabling new generations to be inserted into the collective life of societies. It is by performing such duties that everyone comes to fulfill himself or herself. Such a fulfillment contributes to further the purposes of society and reinforce its mores and institutions. On the other hand, insistence on rights undermines age-old and cherished institutions and hallowed ways of life. It breeds deep insecurity and uncertainty in life prompting and promoting widespread dissatisfaction. Conservatives argue that the agorance of the right-bearing individual suggests that he has access to all the knowledge that has gone into the making of social life and that he has access to absolutely certain knowledge to change and transform such social life. They believe that both these claims are unfounded and hold the prospects of a far worse kind of life than the one embodied in the ways of life they strove to alter.
conservative perspective often urge members of society to look at its institutions and ways of life with awe and respect rather than through critical scrutiny the performance of one's duty acquires greater purposefulness and satisfaction if such a perspective is internalized by the concerned social agents conservatives link duty with a set of values such as trust loyalty dedication cooperation obedience and satisfaction with one's station in life this stress the limitedness of human understanding and the reach of human reason and scrutiny maintenance of the existing social order and its preservance often remains their battle cry they may not be against certain reforms but such reforms need to be firmly based upon existing order and its continuation conservatives by focusing on centrality of duty have decried the stress on rights in liberal and radical thought current now let us move to the next point that is duties and rights in the communitarian perspective while the idea of autonomy is deeply influenced by kant communitarian are influenced by the certain ideas underscored by aristotle and hegel communitarian argue that right based theories ignored the fact that our capacity to conceive and exercise rights and pursue autonomy can only develop in society in and through relations and interaction with others they argue that prioritization of rights neglects the social conditions that enable us to exercise choices they accuse those who accord priority to rights as subscribing to atomies wherein individuals are seen as self sufficient agents outside the society the communitarian therefore reject the notion of primacy of rights that is the moral stand that individual rights have primacy over duties virtues or collective good they stress on duties and duty to sustain institutions which can promote virtue and collective good communitarian reject the notion of neutral political concern central to right based perspectives wherein the state remains neutral to different conceptions of good life that may 
prevail in a society whether such conceptions are held by the majority or by a minority communitarian feel that neutral political concern vetoes collective pursuit of aims shared by the majority they argue that the promotion of a society sharing common values must be prior to the rights of individuals within that society promotion of culture and shared values necessarily insists upon duties to be performed rather than rights to be enjoyed scholars like charles tyler have argued that given our dependence on the culture of freedom for our individual liberty we must have not only negative duties of non interference but also positive duties to sustain such a culture such a culture of freedom requires public support which can come forth only from the public institutions which are stable and effective this requires that such institutions enjoy legitimacy in the eyes of its citizens such legitimacy can come forth only if society is organized around shared concerns communitarian argue that even if rights are upheld they will not enjoy respect if people are not bound together by shared conceptions and ways of life sustained by duty it is through duties that we cannot merely reach out to others but also sustain an appropriate milieu for the exercise of rights there are different types of communitarians all of them do not necessarily reject the significance of rights however they all argue that duties are significant not merely in relation to rights but in protecting and promoting common goods now let us move to the next point that is duties and rights in the gandhian perspective mk gandhi is well known for his stress on duties and his identification of dharma as the path of duty he also upheld the value of swaraj that is self rule such a fusion of dharma and swaraj or duty and freedom is a characteristic mark of gandhian thought gandhi argues that all men and women are equal the doctrine of advaita uphold it if i am that and besides that there is none else being characteristic of advaita every being has to 
be regarded as supreme. The same principle develops in each and every one of us. By realizing this principle in us, we will be able to wholly determine our lives. This belief is equally, he says, has led him to fight against the Brahmins themselves whenever they have claimed any superiority to themselves either by reason of birth or by reason of their subsequently acquired knowledge. Savraj for Gandhi is a pursuit within the reach of everyone. It involves the duty of self-discipline and a transformation on that basis. It is the rule of the mind over passions. Self-rule enables one to pursue artha and karma within the bounds of dharma. The notion of self-rule for Gandhi implied the voluntary internalization of our obligation to others, which will be obstructed by our placing ourselves at the mercy of our selfish desires. Our civil duties flow from such self-civilization. For Gandhi, real rights were the results of the performance of duty. At the same time, Gandhi opposed domination. He held that the freedom is necessary for moral growth. He said, no society can possibly be built on the denial of individual freedom. It is contrary to the very nature of men. For Gandhi, equality is one of the greatest good to be cherished. Other goods like dignity and integrity were closely interwoven with it. Gandhi rejected considerations such as gender, birth, class, caste, education, and nationality as justifying unequal treatment. At the same time, Gandhi upheld the path of dharma and he considered the Varna Ashrama dharma as the appropriate path of duty. But unlike the prevailing belief, he argued that the Varna system upholds absolutely equality Although the way it is presently expressed, it is a monstrous parody of the original. For him, Varna is not the ranking of status based on inherited division of labor, nor is it the division of labor in accordance with the innate abilities. For him, Varna is nothing more than an in indication of a duty that has been handed down to each one of us by our forefathers. He argued that the law of Varna meant that everyone followed as a matter of dharma, 
duty and hereditary calling of his forefathers in so far as it was not inconsistent with fundamental ethics the authentic culture for men was to free himself to spiritual pursuits varna helped one to conserve one's energy by making him expand little in the cultivation and pursuit of his occupation of his livelihood as it is passed on from generation to generation thereby freeing men for higher pursuits he argued that varna set human beings free for extending the field of spiritual research and spiritual evolution it also curbed material ambitions gandhi argued that varna is binding as far as the mode of acquiring one's livelihood is concerned it does not prevent anyone from acquiring knowledge and skill one might wish to pursue therefore he said a shudra has as much right to knowledge as a brahmin but he fails from his estate if he tries to earn his livelihood through teaching gandhi related the concept of swaraj and dharma to his other concepts such as non attachment and non violence one sets oneself free towards self realization and self rule through non attachment to material possessions and belongings and by being free from the entanglements of desires and passions non violence rests upon extending the principle of respect and equality towards others the autonomy that gandhi envisaged was not on the basis of the availability of abundant material resources but on the basis of conscious control regulation and denial of such resources the latter set people free to make truly authentic choices while entanglement in material possessions vitiates such choices here we want to wind up today's lecture thank you so much for your attention